Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.tv. Now let's hear a word from God today. Let me tell you a story. In early spring 2010, on March 23rd, Chris and Amy began their life together as newlyweds. Life's challenges, however, began to wear on Chris and Amy's relationship. They grew tired. They grew apart. Chris struggled with work. Amy became overwhelmed with stress. They fought. They quit. They ran. Now let me tell you a different story. Chris and Amy joined a life group. All right, good morning, Southcrest. What's up? How y'all doing out there? Good? Yeah? Come on. Let's do this thing. Yeah, we got Noonan and LaGrange live, man. We got a big day planned for you guys. Today, we want to help every single one of you live connected. So it's our regroup Sunday. So here we're talking about groups. And uh, you know what? Groups are a pretty big deal, right? They're important. We think rows are cool, right? But we actually think circles are better. And so we want you leaving here at the end of the day where you've got one of these, right? You're, being, you're able to sit down in the home of somebody who is like-minded, who can help you walk and grow in your faith. So we want you to have this by the time you leave today. So that's our goal. So let me tell you a little bit about how this has worked out in my life. You see, I think love for us is kind of a challenging thing. This whole idea of relationships, connection, love, what is this about? So here's, uh, here's my story on that. Sometimes love is about forgetting your wallet, okay? And I'll tell you what I mean when I say that. Um, I was a young man, about 20 years old, and uh, man, I had kind of given up on love. I'd been in some bad relationships, and I was just kind of through. And so I was one day going to pick up my brother from school, and uh, there I am in the car line. You know, he's still in high school. I'm in college, not really enjoying myself, you know, being there back at high school, picking up my brother, kind of sulky. And then here comes my brother's uh, friend who's a girl. She runs up to the car. She's like, Jaken, Jaken, you've got to meet this girl. She's incredible. She's amazing. You're going to love her. She loves Jesus. You love Jesus. You guys just got to figure this thing out, man. Just come up to the Bible study, 722. We're going to be up there tonight. And I'm like, yeah, doubt it. You know, I was just, I'm telling you, man, I was like, I've been hurt. You know, I was, I was prickly. You know, I, I was not. And no, I didn't say that to Lori. I was like, okay, thanks, you know, and then took off. And so I go, I had school that night anyways, great excuse. You know, I wanted to go to class that day. It was the one day I decided I wanted to go to class. And so I go up, I'm driving up. I actually went to school on the military base. And so I was going up to Georgia Military College at Fort Gillum. And so I got there to the gate. And what do you know, reached down to find my wallet because they won't let you on the base without your ID, right? It's that whole security thing. It's a good thing. And I went to hand them my ID and uh, I didn't have it. So they, they promptly turned me around and sent me the other direction. So I, I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm up here in the middle of Atlanta. I mean, I'm halfway there. So I decided I was going to head on up north, go to 722. And so I got up there. If you know anything about that Bible study, it's, it's not there anymore. They're doing different things. But it's a huge Bible study, like big church, 3,500 people. And so I walk in the front doors and there 
standing before me is Lori and the most beautiful girl that I've ever seen in the whole world. And uh, that night I met my wife. And so we had a great time celebrating and worshiping. Man, I was like floating around the rest of that evening. You know, we went to Steak and Shake afterwards to have dinner and just poured our hearts out to each other, like telling our dreams for ministry and all this cool stuff. And I decided when I went back home, I love you, baby. Um, I decided that I went home uh, at that evening that I had met the girl that I was going to marry, spend the rest of my life with. And so, yeah, so sometimes love is forgetting your wallet. But here's the deal. I almost missed it, right? I was this close. Thank the Lord for sovereignty of God because I, I was this close to literally missing the most important person in my life. Why? Because I was scared. I, I'd, I'd been hurt. I didn't want to risk something. And I think that's how most of us are, right? We, we've, we're here, like some of you have found love. Some of you, you know, you've got your arm around your spouse or you've got a really close friend or family member and you've found love. But, but a lot of us have been hurt by love. A lot of us have been burned, right? I mean, and it's like, I don't know if I want to give this another shot. I mean, it's, this is a challenge. It's difficult. And maybe it's been that way for this idea of, groups and community for you as well is like, look, I've tried this thing. I've given it a shot. It did not go well for me. It's time for me to give up on the whole thing. Okay. Maybe that's where you're at today. Interestingly enough, I think most of us are trying to avoid real closeness, real community, real togetherness, real intimacy, if you will. I mean, even with the people that we know well, we're really just trying to avoid it Ultimately, Gallup tells us that Americans are among the most loneliest people in the world, which is wild and ironic, too, because, if, I mean, like, even right now, we're amongst hundreds of people, right? Here in Newton, down in LaGrange, there's people everywhere, all around us right now, and yet we avoid those close interaction, those close connections. I mean, think about it, like, on any given day. Like we're, you know, you're driving down the highway, maybe you go to the grocery store, maybe you're at the gym, you know, I don't know, maybe you're shopping at the Avenue, whatever you're, and you're around hundreds of people, right? And yet we are doing whatever we can to avoid one another. It's the craziest thing. Like when you go shopping, you know, you grab your milk, you grab your eggs, you're like, oh man, there goes Jim on that aisle. I got to scoot over here. Like what is, like, what is up with that? That's the way we operate. We think, how can, how can I avoid these interactions. As a matter of fact, I kind of feel like it's the weird people who do, you know, like, what are you selling? You know, what's going on? Well, you want to talk to me at the grocery store, but that's kind of the way we feel. It's like, what is going, we don't have this strong connection, not to even mention the millions of people who are online, right? I mean, this happens every single day in virtual world on the internet. And so we're trying to make these connections. We're trying to develop relationships. Like it's a little less scary because like, I don't have to physically touch you or see you, but I can kind of get to know you. And so there's like that barrier there. So we're willing to risk it a little bit more, but here's the deal. That's not working either because guess what? I checked it out on Instagram just last night. On the hashtag alone on Instagram, there's over 11,400,000 hits. So here's the deal. It's not getting it done. And I think most of us probably feel that sense of isolation, that lack of connection. We feel alone. And that's my friend over here, the lonely chair, LaGrange. I will give you a cut so you can see it. But that's it right there. The lonely chair. 
we see this incredible picture of community. Look, doesn't this look so inviting right here, right? We got this nice chair, the couch. We got our lamps. We got our Greek grammar beyond the basics, a little light reading there. I guess I just pulled that right out of my office. But yeah, we've got a really nice setup, but then that's a great picture. But for many of us, that's not reality. Our reality is we still feel alone. But here's the thing. It's not good. It's not good for us to be alone. We were designed to live differently. We were designed for relationships. Genesis, in the beginning, when God's creating the heavens and the earth, he's creating everything. He's like, man, this is good. I just created the water. I just created, I just divided the land from the earth and the seas. And I, and I made light and humans and vegetation and birds of the air and beasts of the field. Everything is good. Everything is good. And then what does he say? It's not good for man to be alone. And you know, we feel that. We know that's true. We know it's not good to be alone. And yet we live in that reality. I'm so glad that God didn't stop at Adam. Right, guys? We got some pretty amazing Eves in our life, don't we? So I'm really glad God didn't stop. We also, none of us would be here, right? So there's that. So we know that we were designed for relationships. Let's look at a couple words on the screen, okay? Intimacy, passion, relationships, acceptance, belonging, community, tribe, identity, compassion, love. I look at that list, man, and my world just got brighter. Like the fact that these things are real, that, that they're accessible, that they're a real part of our lives, that we can have that makes my world brighter. I begin to hope again. I begin to believe again that maybe I can give this love thing one more shot. Because here's the thing. I think the reason why love may not have worked out for some of us is because we've tried to find love without the great lover. You see, the reason why love works is because it was designed. Love is God's idea. As a matter of fact, it originates in him. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about sometimes we go after this thing we think is love, but it's actually just a copy. It's a cheap copy. Because what we were really created for is love that is designed by God. And sometimes we're looking for love when we really need to be connecting with the great lover. And we're going to talk about that today. So let's look at John chapter 17. We're going to read some stuff together out of the word of God. And uh, we're going to be in verse 20. Okay. So John 17 verse 20. Everybody good out there? Y'all good? You ready to do this? Yeah. LaGrange, y'all good down there? Great. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's read John 17 verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, that the, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let's keep going. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that the, they may be brought to complete Unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you 
have loved me. Lord, we ask that you would teach us in your word. Help us to be open to hear and receive whatever it is you want to say to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so a little bit of background here on this passage. I just want to let you know, here's what's going on. Jesus is praying for his followers, okay? You remember the 12 disciples? And then he had a bunch of others. Actually, by the end of his ministry, he probably had about 120. And so there's a group of those guys gathered, and Jesus is praying for them, okay? He is about to go to Jerusalem and give his life for all of mankind. So kind of a big deal, right? About to save the world, most important event in history, Jesus is right on the cusp of that. So he's setting his face towards Jerusalem. He knows what he's got to go do. And this is his final prayer for his disciples. And you know what? It says it in that passage. It's not just for them, but it says, all who will believe in my name. So Jesus is literally praying for the church right here, right now. He's saying, this is my hope for every single believer, every single follower in my name. This is what I want for them. Okay, so that's kind of the context of where we're at here in this passage. And so look, let's, let's focus in here on verse 21. He says that all of you may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they may be one as we are one. This gives us a very, very important clue as to where love comes from. The original design, purpose, and intent for love. You see, our need for community and relationships comes directly from the Trinity. Our need for relationships comes directly from the Trinity. You say, Jake, what is the Trinity? Is that like the matrix? What are we talking about here? Okay, not that kind of Trinity. It's the Godhead, okay? Now, this is a little bit complicated in a sense, but in a very, another sense, it's very, very simple. The Trinity simply means one God, three persons, Okay, that's what it means. One God, three persons. If you want to say a little bit more complicated, one essence, three persons. So we're not saying he's one and three in the same sense, but one God, three individual personalities within the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And though we can't really go into super great detail about what that is, what we are going to talk about a couple of things today that we see going on between the relationships in the Trinity. You see, God himself is in community. God himself exists in relationships all the time. It's like one of the unique things that we understand about the Christian God is that he exists in three persons. So there's never a time when God is alone. That's kind of interesting to think about. God is always fellowshipping with another person of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we see two things that are going on between those relationships right here in this passage, okay? Two things we see in God and three persons of the Trinity that we have one goal and one love. One goal and one love. So that's how they have unity in the Trinity is that they have the same purpose and the same love together. And we're going to talk about those two things this morning, okay? Those two key ideas, same goal. It says in the passage that they glorify one another. So there's glory going on. They're glorifying one another in the, in the relationships of the Trinity. And then here's how that works, okay? If they've got one goal, but they've got three separate roles, and I'm going to explain that to you briefly so you can kind of understand what is happening in the Trinity. What is going on? Are these guys doing like the same thing, okay? Are they doing different things? Here's what they're doing. The Father 
makes the plans, okay? Like, think about the whole idea of creation or salvation, okay? It was God's will to send the Son into the world so that all mankind would be saved. So the Father sends the Son, makes the plans. What does the Son do? The Son acts out the plans. He goes and does it. And it's the same way for creation. Actually, it says in the Bible that Jesus was the one who was acting out and making the creation happen. So the Father sends and plans, the Son acts out, and the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He applies the plans to the lives of the believer. And so when we talk about, hey, this is what God told me, or I heard God, or I really felt God's presence, what are we talking about? We're talking about God the Holy Spirit. So that's the three persons of the Trinity. It's very important that we understand how those work, and they work together in harmony, but they're also going in the same direction. They have the same goal, all right? And that's what God wants for us in our relationships. He wants that same dynamic going on for us. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But secondly, he also wants the same love. And they speak truth to one another. The Holy Spirit, God and the Father and the Son, they speak truth to one another. They serve one another. They submit to one another. They know one another through and through. Okay, so same goal, same love. And we're going to start with the same goal. Let's look um, here. Uh, we're going to say it this way here. All right, like in Noonan in the Grange, listen to this here. Check this out. If we want to be repurposed for relationships... We need to harmonize our gifting. We need to have the same goal. If we want to be repurposed for relationships, we need to harmonize our gifting. Harmonize our gifting. We're going to talk about that. How does, look at the passage. Look at what it says in verse 22. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. So we see there this relationship, interaction, submission, the unity that the, that the Trinity has, we're to have that same kind. So let's talk about that, what that looks like. Let me tell you where I first began to notice this in ministry, okay? I started off in ministry and my job, my title was, Jake, you're the director of discipleship, Okay? which I'm still not really sure what that means. But let me tell you, my first role, my first job there at that church was I had to fill up an empty classroom, okay? At this church, we did not have empty classrooms. Every room's got to be filled. So it's my job to come up with what we're going to be teaching in the new room, okay? So that was my job. Like I knew that I needed to fill up that classroom. So I went away. I made a plan Man, I like had this killer class idea. And so I was also told that at that church, we don't make decisions like alone in a vacuum. We make decisions by committee. And so I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know how that worked, but I knew it was, I think I was supposed to call a meeting. And so that's what I did is I, I called a meeting and I, I got all the people that had been teaching in the ministry. And I said, okay, we're going to have a meeting. And we're going to talk about what we're going to teach in this new classroom. Like you probably see a train wreck coming, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like 28 years old. I had no clue, but I was like, yeah, let's call a meeting. So I did it. Everybody shows up to the meeting. It was like the first time that had ever happened to me where I actually said, Hey, let's all, and they all did. I guess they were pretty passionate about what was coming. And so they, I, I stand up and I get up in the meeting. I'm like, hey, here's the deal. We got this class. We got an open class, man. We got to fill it. And then before I could even finish, 
So many pipes up. I know exactly what we need to put in that class. I'm like, exactly? Awesome. Great. Okay, please share with us. We need to get another evangelism class. We got to teach people how to share the gospel, hit the streets, declare the word. We got to do it. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Appreciate that. And then I'm like, well, now let me get back. Because here's what I, and then before I can, here comes somebody. No, we need to fill that class with a care ministry. We have got to love people. We got to invest in them. We got to take care of their needs. We need to learn how to deal with hurts and wounds and pains. That's what we need in that room. And I was like, cool, thank you. And then another person pops in. They're like, no, what we need to do is we need to teach theology. We need to teach the Nicene Creed, systematics. It's very, very important. They were passionate about it. They go on for like 10 minutes. And so that's the meeting. Like more of that. I won't bore you with the details, but that's, it was a bunch of different people with a bunch of different angles on the same problem. Right? And that's the thing. There was one problem. We needed to fill a classroom. And I had like, you know, half a dozen different perspectives on the solution to that problem. And do you know what I discovered? I was thinking about it later on and I found out, you know what? I think I know what happened there. Each one of those individuals, they had a passion. Why? Because God had gifted them in a specific way. And so they saw things differently than the rest of the people in the room. Why? Because they were gifted in a very specific way. That person who wanted that class where we taught people how to share the gospel, they probably had the gift of evangelism. And so they had a passion for seeing people make a decision to follow Jesus. And you know what? I think it's true about all of us. Because we have different gifts, we see the world in different ways. Your giftedness means that you are more able to discern certain kinds of needs. And because you're gifted that way, only you can see it that way. Let me illustrate it this way, okay? So we got this piano right here. If I was able to sing out a B note, like just crystal clear, I had pitch perfect you know, tone, I could do it. Probably wouldn't happen, but let's just pretend that I could do that. Then if this were a real piano, because it's not even a real piano, then there would be a B string and that B string would start vibrating, okay? Because it would sense the B note in the air and the A and C, they're like, what is going on? Why is B freaking out over here? Calm down, B, okay? We don't hear anything. And that's what happens is that we see something going on and there's a whole mix of gifts that God has tossed into the, into the church, and we see it and we're saying, this is the problem. We've got to do something about this. And the rest of the world, they don't see it. And that's, what, that's, the, that's what's going on here is that we see that we're to, not to just be these strings vibrating randomly, that we're actually to work in unity with one another. So let's pause a minute and back up because you may be asking, Jake, what are gifts? I mean, okay, is that a present? Like, I'm, I'm brand new here, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, help me understand what, a, what you're talking about when you say gifts. All right, so a gift is essentially an ability to do something. Okay, when you become a Christian, there's nothing you do to earn that or achieve that. That's simply the grace of God. But after you become a Christian, God wants us to get engaged. And he, gives, uh, he wants that so much that he's already prepared some things in advance for us to do. And part of the ways that he ordained that is that he gave you a specific gift. Each and every one of you here, if you're in Christ, you have got a collection of gifts. Probably not just one, probably multiple gifts. And there's something inside of you that won't be right until you begin to bring those gifts to bear, act them out, to live them out, 
to practice them in community. That's what God made us to do. And so that's a gift. It's an activity, something that you do in the church. Okay, things like hospitality, serving, teaching, encouraging, stuff like that. And let me tell you, you can even use those gifts for people who don't yet know Jesus. Because a gift is something that you have that you can share with anybody in the world. It's really cool. And my wife has got this really awesome gift, okay? She's got the gift of discernment. And so I'll tell you how that works with her. Is that um, she can oftentimes sense what's going on behind people's words. So like they'll say something, but she kind of discern, discerns the intent behind it, right? She doesn't do it perfectly and she's still learning, but she's pretty awesome at it. So she's like really fun to have at a party with you. You know, you like, you just take her around. You're like, hey, what are they, what's going on over there? You know, what, what are they saying over there? And she can just tell you, right? It's really, really cool. And she can sense what's going on in the room. And man, I'll tell you what, she, she may not get it right 100% of the time, but she reads my mail all the time. Like she's got me figured out, Peg. She doesn't need any more practice on me. I'll tell you that right now. She's good at it, but you know what? Here's the deal. I love her for it. I need her to do that. I need her to call me out. I need her to tell me when I'm full of crap, right? I need that. I need, I need her to say, Jake, you're full of it right now. I, I really do because that's the way that she loves me. And you know what? When she does it, I submit to Jesus. And guess what? I need you as well. We need each other. We have to show up in the kingdom of God. We have to begin serving each other, bringing our gifts to bear. At one point in his ministry, Jesus said to the 12, you're going to do greater things than me. And I imagine the 12 thinking like, who's going to do greater things than you? Like you just raised the dead, bro. Like you just fed 5,000 people. Okay. Who's going to do that? And I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, how in the world are we going to do greater things than Jesus did? But if you think about it, right, Jesus was spatially located in one place at one time. And his gifts and abilities were amazing. I mean, he's the son of God. But he did it in one space at one time. We are the church, guys. We have the opportunity to go into every corner of society, every crack, every crevice, every space, and bring the love and the joy of God every say or everywhere we go, every generation, every time, every place. Oh yeah, we're going to do greater things than Jesus did. We're going to go into all the world. And we're going to show people who Jesus is. The picture here that you have is a mosaic. Right? You've seen a mosaic, right? Like lots of little pieces of glass and they come together and they form a whole picture. But an interesting thing about a mosaic is if you look at each individual piece or even a handful of them, the clusters, they look they're not impressive. It's like, was this dude like a child who put these like these are randomly matched, but then when you back up Oh my word, it's gorgeous, the full picture of what it looks like. And that's the way that that God designed us, is that each of us individually, when we're by ourselves, we're not very impressive. But here's the deal, when we work together, when we combine our gifts to a full picture, we get Jesus. Because here's the deal, in Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus went to heaven, but he gave gifts to men. Do you know what that means? That means that we are the very presence of Christ here in the world. And when we allow our gifts to show up, people will see Jesus. Jesus is like, okay, I'm giving this part of me to this person. I'm going to give this part of me to this person. And I'm dividing them up. Nobody's going to be the whole picture. Jesus is the whole picture. But you together, in unity, you guys look like Jesus. 
Listen, friends, Jesus Christ is in charge of the church. I'm not in charge of the church. Sean's not in charge of the church. Who's in charge of the church? Jesus is. And he rules through the gifts of his people. We are not going to be able to do the things that Jesus wants us to do until we all start using our gifts. We don't even know what kind of church we are until we all start using our gifts. We have to, each and every one of us, get into the game because God has given each and every one of us a unique passion that until we find that out, until that comes to bear in our groups, we're not gonna know. We're gonna have an idea, we're gonna have a start, but until all of us are in community, we won't even know what kind of church we're supposed to be. That's how important you getting into a life group is. Because here's the deal. We don't start ministries as a church, a big church. We start ministries through groups. That's the way we do it. And so how do you find your gifting? Jake, how do I do this? I mean, you talk about gifts. How do I do this? Well, let me tell you, you get into a life group, get into community, and then people begin to, to see inside of you, wow, you're really awesome at this. Oh, wow, you're great at that. Right? When you go in a life group, it's like time to take attendance. And you got that person and they're like, I got every name. Here's spreadsheet. You're like, what? What in the world? I've got no passion for that. I don't even know what your name is. How did you do that? And they've got it categorized by day and week and everybody and phone numbers. It's awesome. That's the way the gifting works. It just shows up. And then you got that person who's like, hey, what's up, man? Thanks for coming. Welcome. Hey, hey, here's a cookie. Here's a cake. Have some coffee. You know, come sit right here. Yeah, this is the best spot in the house. And you're like, whoa, I don't even want a cookie. Take the cookie back. They're like amazing at making you just feel welcomed and loved. And that's the gift of hospitality at work. That was probably overbearing. It doesn't work because you can tell I don't have that gift <laughs> because I don't even know what that looks like. Right? But it, the gift, those of you who actually truly have that gift are like, shut up. I am better than that. But yes, that, that's, that's what it looks like. It looks like all of us showing up in community, bringing our gifts to bear. And it happens in groups. I've taken spiritual gift inventories, like the tests that you can take. There are tests out there. You may not know this. And it's just like a personality test. What in the world does that mean? Until you start interacting with real people in real situations, it doesn't really mean anything. And that's what it takes. It takes us getting into community, risking it, getting started. And then you begin to discover, oh my word, there's something that I'm supposed to do for the kingdom that nobody else can do. And it's awesome, y'all. And it happens through life groups. So we're gonna um, illustrate this a little bit. This may be a little bit out of your comfort zone, but I really wanted you to get what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna ask Caleb to come on out. We're gonna play a game called the Harmony Game, right? I mean, if we wanna be repurposed for relationships, we need to harmonize our gifting. So we're gonna do this in real life, okay? Noonan LaGrange, we're all participating. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna divide you up into three sections, okay? Now, I know that it, some of you may not be singers. It's okay, all right? There's gonna be enough voices in the room. You won't even really be able to tell. So just go for it. I mean, just belt it out. But here we go. So we got three sections. Section one, section two, section three here in Noonan. In LaGrange, section one, you're in the front, Section two, you're in the back, okay? And I'm gonna give you your parts here, all right? So we got section one is singing the first part. Section two is singing the second part. Section three is singing the third part, okay? It's just gonna be one note. Y'all ready to do this? Come on, we gotta live in harmony. Let's go, we gotta do this. LaGrange, are you ready? Caleb, let's hear that note. La. Section one, I need you, come on. La. Hold it, hold it, don't let it go, don't let it go. Section two. Sing it out, come on, here we go, section three. 
love. Come on, keep going. Here we go. You're beautiful. You sound great. Come on, give yourself a hand. It sounds amazing. First service was better. I'm just going to be honest, but I just got to be honest. But no, I'm just kidding. No, y'all were sounding great. And it's weird, right? That was dumb. Jake, what are you asking me to do? No. Some of you probably sat back. No, I'm not going to sing for you, bro. I don't even know who you are. And that's okay because it's just, I'm not, my feelings aren't hurt. It's all right. But, but here's the deal. Here's what I do want to say is that there's no way we can think like that when it comes to our community. I need every single one of you. We need every single one of you. But I, you guys really did sound good. You may not have believed it. You really did. It sounded pretty awesome. We need every one of you. How can we know who Southcrest is truly called to be if we aren't all harmonizing our gifts, bringing them to bear, playing our part in the symphony of ministry in Jesus' name? Because guys, when we do that, in that moment when we were singing, when we are doing that, we show people who Jesus is. It's phenomenal, the opportunity and the blessing that we get. So if we want to be repurposed for relationships, we need to harmonize our gifting. So that's the first part of repurposing our relationships. The second part is we have to have the same love, right? The same goal, the same love. So having the same love, it's very, very important. Why? And you probably guessed this, but having the same love shows the watching world who Jesus is. It shows the watching world who Jesus is. Look at verse 23. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. That the world will know that you have sent them and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Does that, the world will understand the love of God as we live out the love of God. So let me say it this way. Our love shows the world God's love. Our love shows the world God's love. I mean, the, the fact that Jesus decided to, do it, decided to do it this way is kind of mind-blowing for me. That he could, have, he could have shown the world any way he wanted who he was. And yet he entrusted it to us in our communities. And this is everything. I mean, this is all the areas that we live in, right? I mean, it's the way we treat our spouse. It's the way we talk to the person who serves us when we go to the restaurant. It's the way that we interact with our kids. It's the way that we talk to our dog even, right? People are watching and we have the opportunity to show them the love of God. It's really very cool if you think about it. I mean, there's a lot of people that come and visit our church here at Southcrest. And by the way, if you're visiting with us today, thank you so much for joining us. Man, we love it when people visit. Yeah, let's celebrate our visitors. Thank you. Thank you for coming today. You guys are awesome. I bet the reason why you're here is because somebody invited you, right? And that's, you guys are doing a great job. I know that you guys have been thinking, you know what? I want to show people that I care about them and I'm going to invite them to church. And thank you for doing that. So, you know, you guys are the ones that get them here. You know what keeps them here? And they've told us. Love. You guys engage us. You're kind to us. You're friendly to us. We show up and we see you guys acting differently than we've ever seen anybody act before. The way you love each other, the way you serve each other, 
the way you connect with each other, and it's awesome. I mean, watching the body of Christ put a display of love on for the world, that's what it's all about. That's why we were created. Jesus wants to show the world who he is, and he's chosen to do it through us. We have to love one another. How do we get there? How do we learn that love? Because let's be honest, I'm still figuring it out myself. How, how can we learn how to love like that? Guess what? It's through a group. Because love doesn't happen in a vacuum. And as much as we'd like to think, you know what, I'm going to be able to grow and show people love by myself, doesn't really work out. We need one another. Maybe you've been hurt by love. Maybe it's been a long time since you've given it a shot. I'd like to invite you to give it another try. You know, the world could depend on it. It's more than about me and you. This is about us showing the world God's love. So join a group. Get into a life group. I want you to do it today. In just a minute, I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to respond to this word. And so if you can go ahead and get out that card in your seat right now, please just take a minute and start filling it out right now, okay? And I don't care if you've been in a group like for your whole life, refill it out, okay? And I'm going to have you do something with that card in just a minute, but take a moment right now. And while you're doing that, I want to tell you a story. This is Jim. Jim's a great man. Jim joined a life group about two years ago through our online group finder. So he went online and filled it out. He and his wife, Amber, recently married. They were turning over a new leaf in their life. Jim and Amber decided, you know what? They, at first they were like, I don't really trust the church. I've tried community. I don't, I'm not really going to do it. But they decided, you know what? New life together. Let's give it another shot. So they did. They came to church. They found, filled out the group finder. And they actually went that Thursday to a group. They met some brand new people they'd never met before. Stephen, Susan, Clark. And they got there and they found out, you know what, this is actually pretty cool. We're enjoying ourselves. How much fun can you have with random people that you've never met? That has to be Jesus, right? If we can't even get along with our family and find community with complete strangers, that has to be Jesus. And it was. And Jesus began to show up in their life. He began to show up in the life of Jim and Amber. And Jim started meeting with Steve and they had a discipleship group. And Jim grew like a weed gave his life to Jesus. He found community. And Jim decided, you know what, I'm going to start leading my family in devotions. I'm picking Oswald Chambers. We're going to start going through it. And then you know what? Tragedy hit. So this past Christmas, Jim suddenly had a heart attack. Jim um, was a good man. Amber told me this has been the hardest season of her life. That she's faced the deepest sorrow that she's ever faced. I, I can't imagine what she's going through. But she wanted to tell you that wanted me to tell you that she's hurting, but she's not giving up. Why? Because she's not going through it alone. else. She knows 
knows that she's going to see Jim again. And it's because of that life group and people like Steve and Susan Clark that said, we're going to love people through their most difficult times because that's what Jesus would want us to do. And guys, you can have that today. You don't have to go through life alone. You don't have to experience some of the greatest struggles on your own. We got people waiting to live connected with you. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Southcrest Church. You can connect with us on our app today. There you can watch, listen, or even give to this ministry. If you have any questions or want to share your story with us, you can send us an email at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.